This is exactly right. Here it is, Scotty. Curdy B, give me that strange news we all come to hear. Friends at first sniff. People like other people who smell like them. That, I, you know, I didn't know that. I know people like certain smells, but I didn't, I didn't realize it was smells that smelled like yourself. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Well, take a big whiff of uh, this fresh, fresh, fresh out of the box episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. That is Scotty Landis. That is my dude, Kurt Brownoller. Kurt, do you have any announcements, any stand-up stuff before we get to our wonderful guest? I just want to remind everyone, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. July 17th, The Bell House. Mm -hmm. Asbury Park, New Jersey, July 14th. Homecoming show, The Independent. Go get tickets. They're on our way. They're on and our we Instagram. will uh, have our best in the business from Twin Elephant Brewing Company. So I am ready to crack some American lagers with our bananas. We have seen the best in the business logo. <laughs> logo that Edmund Hawkins made for us. Yes. And it is so, so very, very funny. Is, is there a nude banana surfing? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Does it have a beard like me? Yes, it does. Here yes, it goes. It does. Folks, our guest today is a fantastically talented journalist, podcaster, mm-hmm. and leadership coach. Mm-hmm. Their daily TikTok news segment, Under the Desk, is watched by 2.5 million people every day. Huge. And their spanking new podcast, V Interesting, is available everywhere right now. Please welcome V Spear. Thanks for having me, guys. I am so excited to be here. I love the Bananas podcast, and it is just surreal to be here. Thanks, V. V, I don't know about your podcast. Can you tell our listeners, the Bananimals, a little bit about it? Yeah. So oftentimes when we learn about a story, we hear about the headline, we get all worked up about it, and then it just disappears (laughs) into the ethos, so we never, ever hear about it again. So what I wanted to do was tell you kind of like what happened after it becomes a trending headline, because most of the time things turn out even better than we were afraid it would turn out. So hopefully it gives you a little a little sense of peace, gives you the full story, makes you more conversational, very interesting to your friends and neighbors. That's awesome. Cool. I That's totally very get cool. That. And we yeah. we talk about that idea a lot because of the fact that, you know, we're doing so many strange news headlines. We're mm-hmm. usually getting our information from one short news article. And there's always these questions and we don't have the journalistic integrity to do nope. any deeper dives on it. <laughs> and so it's nice to finally have someone with some integrity on bananas. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. I definitely have the doom scrolling curiosity to find <laughs> sure. out what happens afterwards. Right. But integrity, you know, here and there, it comes and goes. It's cool. It's kind of a throwback thing too, because when people used to read newspapers for all their news or a majority of their news, and you hear this a lot on like documentary podcasts or just audibles or whatever, where people would read front page news. And then they'll say, and then it was a page two story, and then it got buried on page five, and then it's always like, and then it was right before the comics, or right before the sports section. And over like two weeks, something would go from front page to by the sports section, 
So you're kind of doing that. You're sweeping it up and, and putting it back out there as a presentation. We're sweeping it up. Yeah. I mean, that's why page six was, was such a thing because you would have like, you know, the husband <laughs> who would read the the sports and this. And when you separate the newspaper, you'd be able to pull the comics, the comics, the police blotter and the gossip straight from one area. And then you'd be able to keep like business, right. finance and sports in the other side. So right. trying to like bridge that divide. Oh, make sure that's people cool. get the whole story. I like that's cool. that. There we go. Well, welcome to Bananas. We will do headlines that we're, we just do surface. Who are we kidding? We're surface boys. <laughs> it's nice to skim the surface. It's good. Sometimes. It's good and safe here on the surface. That's yeah. Right. Here it is, guys. Friends at first sniff people drawn to others who smell like them. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was on uh, France 24. Sure. Uh, it was written by, Ooh. well, 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 well. Does wee, wee, France wee, wee, 24 wee. not have a byline? Mm. France Medium 24 mist. does not. Mediumist so in the biz. How can we trust them then? How do we know that they know what they smell like if we don't know that they know what their name is? Thank That's you. Very sure. concerning. It says, it says Washington and then in parentheses AFP. And I'm not sure what AFP refers to it's in the French world. It's probably mm-hmm. like editorial French stuff, press. like everyone yeah. decided. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. wrote this together. Everyone yes. wrote one word in the office. Here it is. <laughs> Do you like the way I smell? That sounds very French to me. <laughs> I know, exactly. It's just like, of course the French are studying this. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's often said that people who click right away share, quote, chemistry. This expression could be true in the literal sense, according to a new study published in the journal Science Advances on Friday. And this is just from this week. Okay. Um, Quote, non-human terrestrial mammals constantly sniff themselves and each other and, based on this, decide who is friend or foe, wrote a group of researchers led by Inbal Raverby at Wiseman Institute of Science of in Israel. Uh, since people seek friends who are similar to themselves, a team hypothesized that humans may smell themselves and others to subconsciously estimate body odor similarity and judge their compatibility. Right. So, right. to find, so to find out, they said about collecting samples from pairs of same-sex, non-romantic friends who described themselves as having, quote, clicked at first sight. That is to say, quote, where a f- sense of friendship was formed before extensive biographical information was exchanged. Hmm. Um, they did an, an extensive recruitment effort. They found 20 pairs, half male, half female. So this is not a big study. Uh, aged between 22 and 39 years old. Uh, in order to prevent contamination or outside factors influencing their samples, all participants had to follow a strict protocol that included avoiding pungent foods and sleeping away from their partner and pets in a clean cotton T-shirt that was provided to them. Mm. The T-shirts were then collected in Ziploc bags and tested with an electronic nose. Did you guys know that there is such a thing called an electronic nose? I feel like for the problems there are in the world, the fact that we have an electronic <laughs> nose is like, where did they get the funding for that? Because yes. I, I, <laughs> I love it. I love that they have an electronic nose. It is so funny. It um, feels like a garage inventor's invention that probably worked. It feels like there was someone that was like had a, had a workshop in their garage and they were like, I love I want to smell what my partner's cooking in the house when I'm out here in the shop, so I'm going to build a little nose. And it just feels like, and then probably the military was like, got it, we're taking that. Yeah, it definitely has like a little Pee Wee Herman vibe to it. Like it would be something he would have in his house. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I also know that they were trying to do it through the internet for a while so that you could like experience something. So there there would be like an e-nose on one end and at the other end, if someone's smelling like a freshly baked cake and then you could, and you would have a... A receptacle on your end that would generate the same chemicals that the Enos was receiving wow. on one end. 
That is um, too close. People are too close with that level of intimacy. I yeah, don't know I agree. that I want people having that kind of access. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the T-shirts were collected and put in Ziploc bags, tested with the electronic nose. The researchers found that the odor signature of click friends were, sti- was, were statistically more closely matched than odors between non-friends. And then I will, you know, summarize this next part. And then they made sure that the human nose actually could detect that difference. And so they had uh, three piles, three shirts <laughs> to just normal people. And they uh, said, smell all three. Does any one of them smell different? And all of them, 100% identified the non-friend as the one that smelled different. And oh, they identified okay. the other ones as smelling similar. I need to know if like smelly friends like smelly friends yes. and like clean friends like clean friends and that's like the basics of this or was it like more complicated? It was right. more complicated than that because okay. it was, I think they weren't allowed to like use soap and stuff like that. Wow. So it's not about whether or not it's you're like clean your or not clean, but yeah, it's more pheromones. It's the specific pheromones you have. Um, and then And then they did this other thing too where smell predicted friendships as well. And so they had all of these strangers come in and then they paired up people who the E-nose said smelt similar, so they're strangers, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. had them do this thing where they silently, without speaking, had to follow, like do the mirror game, you know, like mirror the person's (laughs) moves. Oh, what a dumb test. It is such a dumb test, I agree. (laughs) The people who smelt similar were much easier to mirror each other than the people who smelt differently from each other, which is, that's also fascinating. This um, is going to be added to the Tinder profiles any day. They're I gonna agree. Come up with like a blood type, but it'll be like a smell type, and you'll see like the guy with the fish is like a one two five. The girl with all the filters, and she's like also a one two five, and then it'll be like love at first sight. And we won't have to. We won't have to ever think about personality or nuance. We will just match it up algorithmically. I uh, know. I don't think too many people in there are thinking personality. Anyways, I actually think the smell might be the better indicator. But I do like guy with fish. That is a cool like. Like swipe was like, well, <laughs> I mean, like he is showing that he could provide for you. It, it, yes, there do was. Do you want to be provided for? It was yes. a really good McSweeties article that was got like it was just. I think it was like guy with fish explains how he'll take care of you <laughs> from a Tinder profile. I for one am very much a fan of show and tell. I think we should have adult show and tell. Oh and yes, you have. You know, if you're going to show the fish that you could catch to the to the females that you are trying to also catch, I think that makes sense. I mean, show them your lures next time. Maybe they'll be more attracted to that. That would be fun. Do you know what did mm-hmm. this did this article did make me think of though? Is that there? Uh, the more I feel like science does these sorts of studies, the more like our free will is taken away. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. no longer w- about what we feel and what we care. It's literally like, well, you smell like this, so I like you. <laughs> like that's it. And I do feel like there is some yes. level of truth to it, only because I remember. Uh, when I met my wife, yes. uh, I was at a Yola Tango concert in Brooklyn, uh, complimented cool. her on her shirt. We started chatting, found out she was on a date with someone who I knew at the place. And so we ah. talked for like 10 minutes. She went back to being on a date with this person I knew. Boo. And then we're outside and it was I had a 10 minute conversation with her and she's leaving with that guy. Uh, and I'm, I'm outside smoking a cigarette with my friend Chris and I turned and I just said, there goes the girl. I'm go- I'm, I was pretty drunk, but I was like, there goes the girl. I'm going to marry. Oh, and no. Chris, like Chris remembers it. And it was not something that I like would say a lot. <laughs> no, I've never it's heard not, you say it's that. It's the only time I ever said it. 
And then we are married now. So, so do it, you think there was like maybe a strong Brooklyn wind that came by just at that yes. point? And like the scent of you and the cigarette just wafted towards her. And she yes. was like Pepe Le Pew, came back around and was like, that's my guy. We that's got married guy. right there. She started, her nose went up and then she floated yeah. through the air, her feet above the ground. I think that's such a beautiful story. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And it was just a scrap metal yard nearby and you both it just have really a thing was. for rust and copper. And that yeah. explains a lot. But that is... <laughs> Good, that'd be a good band name, though, like Rust, Copper, and Cigarettes. Rust, yes. Copper, Cigarettes, and My First Love could be like a song. Oh, I like that. It could that. open for Yola Tango. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, Kurt, did you – it is interesting. Do, do you remember any smell – like when you went on your first date with Lauren, was it just like – did something click? Do you remember like pheromones clicking in, scents wafting no. your way? No, I think it's just – I think it is subconscious. Mm. Um it is something that just operates below our, our little ego mind. Yep. Just you right know? below our nose. Yeah, right below our nose. <laughs> if I smell white diamonds, Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds, or Chanel Number no. 5, it makes me think of my grandmother. So I'm like, yeah, so, and I've oh, said that to other people, and they're like, yes, me too. That was right. like such a scent in the 80s and 90s, and Chanel Number no. 5 is classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have certain ones that are from past relationships that when I smell them, I'm like, there's that person. And then it's like, no, that person's not here. It's another person. And so that's like a always a danger like, smell. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just like, I'm on alert. <laughs> v, do you, uh, do you and your partner agree on the scent of candles? We do. And we actually just went candle shopping. Ooh. Like, yes. Like, like. The lesbian middle-aged couple we are. Uh, big sale at the Bath and Body Works. It's, they're like very. I need very, some candles. Uh, I'm going. It's, I'm telling you, it's their midsummer sale, and so we we actually have such an agreement on scent. Huge. That we have an agreement on like what's the living room scent versus like what's the kitchen vibe Ooh. versus the bedroom vibe. So it's like lavender and lilac in the bedroom, but then like orange and pineapple in the living room and kitchen area, and like, like lemon that. in the bathrooms. So, yeah. Ooh, um, I re- I really like that. Yes, I, this is the benefit of being married to a woman and also being a woman is like you get to like really curate the scents on like a, a micro level. Absolutely. Everything. That, Everything is scented, lotioned, beautiful, clean, colored, coordinated. Uh, I like that. And that's sort of where I was going. I, like a, an extension of this test would also be like agreement on domestic scent seems like something that might be an indicator, but maybe not. Maybe it's totally off. We'll have to call France over I bet that it's. One. I bet it's, I to- think it's totally related, right? Yeah. Um yeah. I've also been buying a lot of candles as well because my <laughs> we want we want this video where it's like trying to get our kids ready for bed. So mm-hmm. we make like a spa experience in the bathtub. Oh, so we sweet. they take a bath in the dark with candles and with like spa music playing to like fucking shut down. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> I'm gonna destroy everything kind of vibe, you know? And uh, so I've been buying a lot of candles because we just go through them so quickly. And there's a constant fight. The two that the kids love, one is uh, Bahama Breeze and the other one is Miami Mocktail. And my son has a speech delay and there's a fight over Miami Mocktail to blow it out because it has two candles. It has like two wicks. So that one's the better one to blow out because they each get to blow one out. But then Wait. Gus is always just like, Miami Octail, Miami Octail. You're like, you want to blow out Miami Octail? You got it, buddy. You got it. Miami Octail. Oh. You cannot say Miami Octail at all, but I it's love, adorable. 
I love that your boy children are taking spa baths. This is going to make mm-hmm. them smell good. They're going to attract a very like high level partner, Agreed. a woman who appreciates or man that appreciates luxury. <laughs> it's it's going to be a wonderful experience for them. That's true. Also, like, yeah. how are they going to explain this on their first date when they're like <laughs> bitching about your parents? And you're like, well, my dad used to set up a spa bath for me. <laughs> yes, that's a that's lot right. to expect of a future partner to be able to keep up with. I mean, you guys uh, are no. really setting the bar high. We were really spoiled with baths in my house yeah. <laughs> yeah and then some nice person at the end of the bar orders a mocktail in miami and gus's <laughs> eyes just pop out of his head shaped like hearts and his tongue yeah. waggles out and steam comes out to his ears oh, the yeah. best it goes in the vows i want to blow out the Mi- <laughs> miami mocktail i'll it's blow so out good. your mo- i'll let you blow out blow out the miami mocktail and I we know. all cry i just burst into tears old man scotty just burst into tears <laughs> Uh, okay, I got one. one for you. Please. Um, Amanda Jean sent this in. Amanda Jean, I think, is a newer banana, like meaning last few, maybe 2021, 2022, sends in so many good stories. So thanks, Amanda Jean. Right, we appreciate it. Uh, this was in Newsweek. This was written by Simona Katanovska. Ken- uh, Man says. He spent over $8,500 a year on a Pepsi-Cola addiction. Oh, my God. $8,500 a year on Pepsi. A supermarket worker, I mean... Better than Coke, I guess. I mean, depends. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Was it straight Pepsi, not Diet Pepsi? Straight Pepsi. That's surprising. I always feel like these addictions are Diet Pepsi for some reason. Right. Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, Diet Dr. Pepper. You see people drinking those like they're going out of style. Yeah. Um, A supermarket worker who spent $8,500 a year guzzling 30 cans of Pepsi a day for two decades. I have always wondered how Pepsi stayed in business, honestly. (laughs) It's this guy. Now we know. I'm like, how do they have the budget for those Super Bowl commercials that are always so good? (laughs) It's this guy. It's this guy. That's right. Um, For two decades has been cured after he was hypnotized. We've done a lot of stories where addictions Mm -hmm. have been cured by hypnotism. Especially like food addictions. Yes. Uh, Andy Curry. Uh, 41, downed a liter of the fizzy drink every morning and drank a further nine liters a day. That, it's so much Pepsi. It's it's wild. It's wild he even has teeth. Uh, Did you have the time, though, also? Yeah. I think it would be like time-consuming, constantly refilling glass, getting the eyes. Peeing. He must have yeah. had a backpack or something. Or he's yeah. just wearing those hats the whole time. <laughs> he just keeps switching out the cans. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, the Briton has sipped an estimated two, uh, 219,000 cans of Pepsi, nearly 18,000 pounds of sugar, the equivalent of 7 million sugar cubes since he started drinking <laughs> it in his 20s. Curry from Bangor, a city in northern Wales, said, quote, I've always loved the taste of a cold... Yeah, I bet you did, bud. (laughs) (laughs) I've always loved the taste of a cold Pepsi. Nothing could beat it, and I just got hooked. I mean, I wish I loved anything in life like uh, this dude, Andy Curry, loves Pepsi. I'm happy I don't. I'm (laughs) happy I don't love anything that much. It's true. I work nights, so they're uh, always like the sugar rush, and it kept me going. 
I go through four or five two-liter bottles of Pepsi every day because I work at Tesco. I could buy it straight after work and take it home. Also, how do you sleep? That is so much caffeine. Mm-hmm. It, I while you were doing this because I'm a visual learner, Please. I had to like look up what this fella looked like to like put a face to the Absolutely. name and the, and the addiction. And he does look exactly like a person who would drink that much Pepsi. <laughs> okay, I'm glad he actually he looks he look he appears to be in like good health. I was he he seems okay. He seems yeah, like, all right. Yeah, he's still I, got I, teeth. He's still got teeth. Yes, he's got his hand Good out against him. all the Pepsi. Um, I'm just picturing <laughs> no. like what he could have done with seven million sugar cubes. Like that would have been a hell of a sugar cube pyramid. Yeah. Or an igloo for sure. Yeah, uh, until the rains come. Um, Curry, who is married to his wife Sarah, who's 39, which we love naming ages in this article, yeah, uh, said he <laughs> yeah. loves the smell of Pepsi. Apparently, <laughs> exactly. It's working. I wonder if she smells like Pepsi. Maybe wild <laughs> cherry Pepsi. Um, he spent $25 a day on Pepsi, amounting to around 8500 per year, which is, oh, he added, it cost me a fortune. To be honest, I could have bought a car every year for the same amount I was sp- spending on Pepsi. Okay, wow. wait, though, where do you get an $8,500 car? This cannot be taking place in America because no. you can't even get gas for $8,500. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's one tank of gas in California. <laughs> v, are you in California? Uh, I am not right now. Right now I'm in New York, but yeah, I go between same the diff. two. Same diff. Mm-hmm. The gas the is same. a nightmare there, too. Yeah. Um, Andy says, I just needed to have it. As soon as I woke up, I'd go to the fridge and pour myself a large glass of Pepsi and carry one throughout the day. I remember going to weddings, birthdays. While other people were popping champagne, I'd be toasting people with a can of fizzy pop. Wow. I'm just picturing like the handicap that that provides, though. Like if he always had a glass in one hand, and he's just like, you know what? But f- good for him. He went and he got married. He's got a job that he's held down all this time. That's but right. Maybe Pepsi's the secret. That's right. Um, he did balloon up to 266 pounds. His doctors warned him he was at risk of becoming diabetic. I don't know enough about diabetes <laughs> to really comment on this, but it seems like that much Pepsi. I'm I'm kind of stunned that he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, through exercise and diet, he managed to lose 28 pounds. Good for Andy. But he could not stop drinking Pepsi. He contacted a London-based therapist and hypnotist named David Kilmurray, who identified Curry as having avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, which, oh. Kurt, we have talked about that before, ARFID. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Amazing. Lee, amazingly, after just one, one online hypnotherapy online. session. Online. One online. Who knew? The internet. Not a huge <laughs> mistake after. Can hypnotize you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Curry was cured and drank water for the first time in two decades. Oh, my. Oh, wow. oh he also never drank water. Correct. I guess you don't How have time. time. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He always had a beverage in hand. In four weeks, he dropped another 14 pounds and is remarkably more healthy. Curry said, I met David online, and he hypnotized me for 40 minutes. So two decades fixed in 40 minutes. Go get that help, guys. We are very, uh, do very Do we have pro. his number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, David Kilmurray. No, keep it. Put it in your Rolodex. Uh, I don't know what he said, but afterwards, I just didn't want to drink Pepsi anymore. I still got two cans of Pepsi in my fridge, which I was going to have. Also, shoot those with a BB gun. Get them out of there, Andy. Just, Why even tempt yourself? Yeah, you don't need those trophies. You don't need those temptations. Yes, I'll skip ahead a little bit because I think we get it. Oh, he loves walking now. Sarah, uh, me and Sarah are planning to climb Mount Snowden this summer. That's great. Um, the doctor said this is by far the worst sugar addiction I've ever heard of. 
Uh, this kind of addiction can be very dangerous. It puts huge pressure on your vital organs. Andy was pre-diabetic and needed to change quickly before his heart disease took him. But... He took control of his life. It became, uh, since I'm working with him, I'm delighted to see that he drinks lots of water and healthy drinks every day. So good for you, Andy, for figuring it out. But holy smokes, that is so much Pepsi. I know. I wonder if they could have just like saved some time and showed him the Pepsi commercial where Kendall Jenner is like handing a Pepsi to the police and stops <laughs> oh, yeah. all his crime. Because that made me never want to drink a Pepsi again. So yeah. I feel like it could have been, maybe he's just like more susceptible to, uh, to direction. It was, yes. that was such an insane commercial. Do you think she even the knew about the smile and wink backlash? at the end. Yes. God. Oh God. I mean that I that's crazy to me. When I when I moved to Atlanta, I had never seen a smoothie king before. And there was mm. one just like five blocks from my house. So after I would I waited tables and I was waiting brunch, I would grab a smoothie king and go home. And after like two weeks down there, I was kinda like, I think I'm getting I think I'm growing another face here. And my girlfriend <laughs> at the time was like yeah, you do kind of look a little different. And I thought smoothies were just healthy for you no matter what. Right. And I ended up like Googling it. And the smoothie I was drinking, which was like Peanut Power Plus or something, was 1,200 calories per <laughs> 32 ounces or whatever. So I was just having like, you know, a third meal, a third, like, an extra day of food every week. It was great. They trick you. When I first started wanting to go to the gym, my brother was like, who is like six foot two and like, mm -hmm. you know, built like like Adonis himself mm. was like, yeah, okay, well you got to drink this thing before and after. And so the whole week that my brother was like trying to teach me how to go to the gym, which went very poorly anyway, he was like, drink this thing, drink this thing. And it was like one of his protein shakes yeah. that were again, like 2000 calories on either side of it. And so I like gained weight during this week. And yes. I was like, Each, what the hell? And he's like, oh, oh, right. You're not trying to bulk, right? Oh, I should have that. And like, you sabotaged me. All gains, all gains. All gains, all gains. So I was like, oh, God. When I was in college, I went to UMass. Uh, we would just get dressed up at parties. We would just dress up any costumes we had sitting around. My friend group is a very fun group of guys. And I can remember one night my buddy Franco dressed up um, as this character, Wendell. And that was just a Wendy's employee at a red afro. And then another buddy had worked for Wendy's. So we had a full, actual, authentic Wendy's uniform. And we convinced Franco when he was sitting there as Wendell to try to eat... Um, five containers of bubble tape at once which is a, oh, no. a tube of bubble tape is six feet yeah. so we tried to I get don't... him to chew 30 feet of bubble tape in one go it's amazing yeah. that you had five containers of bubble tape it's amazing you had one container of bubble tape that's right in, in we were... college you had yes. five yes we were you at guys... my buddy skip's house <laughs> yeah <laughs> skip uh... skip had the bubble tape of course he did <laughs> yeah and so franco went to it and i will find this we've recorded it and franco or wendell i guess i should say ended up getting 30 feet of bubble tape inside of his mouth for like two chews you just see him stuffing it with his fingers and he closes his mouth and then he gives like a double thumbs up and we all cheer and then it just hangs out and you can just hear like two of the people at the party being like it looks like a baboon's ass he looks like a baboon's ass but I have I'll find it. it's gonna be a lo-fi video it was definitely before smartphones but yeah he chewed 30 feet of bubble tape just for enjoyment just for the fun of it if there's one thing in my life I am so grateful for, it is going to college before social media or oh, before cable absolutely. phones were a thing. 
because this kind of stuff wouldn't fly, right? The, the internet is forever, and Wendell would just be like his character, and they would force him to make that content until he eventually just completely burnt out. Yes, yes. <laughs> just those sad Vine stars just still walking yeah. around Hollywood and Vine, and you're like, give it up, guys. It's over. I know. I do all my TikToks from underneath the desk, and, and, and I love it there. It's a safe place to hear the news, and I wear a suit in every single one of the episodes, mm-hmm. and now two years later, I'm like, I should have picked like a less difficult on your back yes. situation. Like, yes. This is it. You can never change. This is who you are. Once you identify yourself for the internet. It's a brand. Yeah. Are. They're like, you can't go above the desk. It's under the desk news. You can't do it. No, it's in the name. I did it to myself. It's a, it is a good safe space for news, but it is uh, Absolutely. It's rough on the old back, you, know? you should, yeah. you know what you should honestly do is just have a, a set built with a giant desk that you sit in a chair underneath. People have suggested getting like a little desk hat. Oh, like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do something someday. Someday when we get the budget. We'll see. Heck yeah, Curdy B. Uh, I'll tease us into a break here. Folks, mm-hmm. this one's amazing. Colorado man plans to push peanut up 14,115 <laughs> foot Pikes okay. Peak with his nose. With his nose. Okay, I when you said plans to push Peanut, I was not going with up the pike with his nose. I was like, oh, no. Here we go. Well, all right, let's uh, we'll get into it with a little more bananas. Folks, we are back. Scotty, do you got any shout outs for me? I do have some shout outs and, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do an, another amendment to the shout outs. This is gonna be the last week. We're gonna do anniversaries. We already said no no to birthdays, too many. Now we're getting so many anniversaries. So let me just run down these. Not that we don't love them, but guys, give yeah. us some shout outs. We need a little meat on them, a little substance, a big accomplishment, something that really needs some cheering on. Charitable acts. Here we go. Funny acts. Funny, silly, strange behavior. We love it, but Beautiful. we can't do anniversaries anymore. We're not immune to beauty. We do we have hearts, you. folks. Big old hearts. Zach, Sarah loves you to the moon and Saturn. Happy anniversary. Kelsey and Matt, happy five-year anniversary. Thanks for being great bananas. Carissa Vernon called us, Kurt, the golden duo, which I love Ooh. so much. Not true, but sounds nice. Uh, she wants to shout out Mike, her hubby. Who can still rock a mohawk. There you oh, go. nice. Good to know. And here are some... Uh, actually, this one does sort of an anniversary in it. Charlotte wants to shout out her husband, Robert, for getting promoted to major in the Marine Corps on August 1st. Also, their seven-year wedding anniversary is on August 1st, so congratulations to Major Robert and Charlotte. That's very excellent. Thanks for your service, Robert. Finally, a good one. This is what we're talking about. These are the meat and patates that we're talking about. Margaret wants to shout out her mom, Paige, who is celebrating her blind anniversary. 15 years ago, Paige uh, was made blind, but apparently she's one of the nicest, most positive, happy people, an awesome person all around, and she listens to bananas. Thank you, Margaret for letting us know and Paige congratulations your banana of the week your banana of the week and I like that there is a celebration of the anniversary absolutely it's, uh, exactly it's it's a that's a beautiful way to handle it and uh, thank you for listening great job Paige and we, of course we are here with the fantastic and wonderful V Spear V Spear Hi. 
I'm having the best time, guys. Honestly, the news, can, it, it's not always this fun, and this is yes. really quite the treat. Oh, oh thank, thank you for you. being here. It's a real treat to have you. So um, you just started. You just started doing uh, under the desk news just two years ago. Yeah, just two years. That's ago amazing. When we all- went into our homes. It was the beginning of the pandemic and uh, a lot of the news that was coming out was super scary and I thought like, yep. maybe if I just got under my desk, we could talk about it with <laughs> it. It didn't have to be like authoritative and scary and it could yeah. just be like a place for friends to gather and build like a little fort and chat about the terrible things that were happening but in a that's a great idea and now i mean did you did you uh did you immediately feel a sense of responsibility towards it or did that just continue to grow as your audience grew i immediately felt really addicted to it if that makes sense like i interesting have there's there are so few things that you do in your life that you just truly enjoy and look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I found that like this thing that I just started kind of doing goofy, I was like looking forward to all Big. the time, like spending the time with that community, making those videos, uh, like buying ties, trying to match the ties to the stories, trying to like curate a feed that would uh, give people some hope at the end. And I got a lot of positive reinforcement back. So it was the thing, definitely the first time I did it, I knew that I never wanted to stop doing it. Huge. And it it just brought me so much happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't know where it would go. And I didn't know that it would become, you know, like the trajectory of my career. But I'm really glad that it did because it just, I'm addicted to it. Like, it, I truly look forward to it all the time. I look forward to reading the comments from people and just telling better stories. It's you just can't beat it. That's, That's why I can't get up from under the desk because, like, if I move, I'm afraid I won't like it so much. And it's—I read. I mean, you have such an interesting background as well. You used to work in food food equity. Yes. So hmm. um, I've always been really good at explaining complicated things in very common terms. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that comes from growing up with dyslexia, which is like you have a hard time recalling words a lot sure. of the time. It was like kind of difficult for me to learn how to read. So I wasn't like super reading books all the time. Like the Pizza Hut Book It program I've talked about near ruined my childhood because they would give you like a hundred books and you win like a stupid little pizza. But I would be yeah. so frustrated. By <laughs> yes, it. I love Book It. <laughs> yeah. And my wife loved Book It. But I, my mom would be reading the books. My grandma would be reading the books just to try and like get me to check some of them off. <laughs> um, so I, I, I've always been good at explaining really complicated, terrible things in very simple ways that also make people feel included and like they can do something. Mm-hmm. And Love so that. that really helps play into how I'm delivering current events and politics in the news. And how I got into politics was I was a caterer in Washington, D.C. So I was in all of these rooms wow. that these politicians were in. And you just get to see them as people. And I think that helps... Uh, decipher what they mean when they say certain stuff. And it also helped me see that we're not as divided a nation as we are told that we are. Um, because when nobody's looking, they're all back in the catering tent, eating magic bar cookies, smoking cigarettes, and laughing with each other for the most part. That's yeah. great. Uh, so I think I had a unique perspective. Um, I got to be in the room where a lot of things were being decided during the Obama administration, just, you know, with my little tray of crab cakes and my little <laughs> white wines on the trays. But uh, yeah, yeah. so that's how it started. So I think like like anyone who's like a genuinely curious person, uh, it led me into greater opportunities and I'm happy to be here now. 
That's great. Oh, that is I was a, a cater waiter too. It is a fascinating look into people's homes a lot of times. Like yeah. the, I yeah. went not only at like events pl- uh, spaces. Also, I just got to say, if you go, you can tell, just tip your cater bartenders especially. But yes. f- there's nothing weird about tipping a cater waiter. Just do it. They'll let you know if they're going to get in trouble for it. But dear Lord, if you're drinking for free and you're going to be there all night, smack a 20 down if you got it. Yeah. It makes such a difference. It the really load does. in and load out of those things are exhausting. Yeah, I waited to in New York because I, I just think the best people have worked in hospitality in some level. Absolutely. It just teaches you so much about people. Yes. And we would do the Saturday night live after parties at the restaurant. And so we oh got boy. to see a lot of the celebrities of like the early 2000s, which is kind of like our generation's prime time, I guess. Yes. And man, these people come in and they are crazy. And you've got some folks who will come in like Drew Barrymore was awesome. Yes. Um, she was like dancing on my bar. Adele was <laughs> at the restaurant, like so lovely. So love fun. Adele. But then you have different celebrities that I probably shouldn't name, but they'll look at you when you hand them their check and they're like, but I'm a celebrity. And I'm like, yeah, and I make like $9 an hour. Please pay your check because otherwise I'm going to have to pay it. And like, I don't have it. And like, <laughs> but that is true. And a lot of, because yeah. I've gotten dropped the first time I went to an SNL after party, they dropped a check for me. I assumed they were free. I thought I did Lord Michaels and I SNL did picked it up. And then suddenly I, the guy's like, you taking off? And I'm like, yeah. And he just hands me a check. It was like 200 something dollars at 4 a.m. And I was like, oh, oh right. I thought Lorne did this. Everybody I did thinks too. that. So I totally get that. But know that the inside scoop is Lauren gives $1,500 for the music guest, $1,500 for the host table, and that's it. Everybody's, you're on your own. Wow, that's amazing. All right. You guys want to hear about this Colorado man? Yeah, yeah remind is us. Is it like a Florida man or is it like better, worse, different? I think it's oh, better, better than a Florida man. It's better. Okay. Colorado man is usually, Colorado's slightly different. Always this was, outdoors. This was sent in always by Candle E. Candle underscore E. Thanks, Candle uh, E. No more information on that. This is uh, this was in the Huffington Post. This was I've heard uh, of written that. by Ryan Grenoble. Ooh. Ooh. Best <laughs> in the biz. biz. Colorado man plans to push Peanut up 14,000 <laughs> foot Pikes Peak with his nose. Why not? Here it is. Bob Why? Salem. Here it is. <laughs> Why? Great question. That's the number one question. Bob Salem is somewhat of a modern-day Sisyphus, but nuttier. Best in the biz. Great writing. Unlike the Greek legend who was condemned to roll a boulder up a hill for eternity, Salem aims to push a peanut up Pike's piece, period, with his nose, period, by wow. choice. Okay. I can't. I know. I can't. Salem I can't will, picture it. Like, I, I, I will give you, you a, a I will dirt in your nose? Okay. Okay. So all your questions will be answered. Other than why. <laughs> <laughs> Salem will embark on his Pike's Peak peanut push. It's great. Great alliteration on July 9th and intends to reach the 14,115-foot summit on his hands and knees by July 17th. So eight days. Uh, According to a release from the city of Manitou Springs, Salem will use a contraption taped to his nose to roll the legume up the 13-mile-long bar trail. He's making the attempt in honor of the city's 150th anniversary at the base of the 44-er. Improbable as it sounds, the journey to Shell and back has been accomplished before. (laughs) Not once, not twice, but three times. Poser. All men every time, I promise you. Of course. (laughs) 1929, a Texan by the name of Bill Williams became the first after making a $5 bet with his friends. He and the peanut summited, quote, America's Mountain in two days. 
Wow. That record fell in 1963 when a 21-year-old rock and roll musician named Ulysses Baxter made the push in just eight days. Baxter enlisted the help of a large wooden salad spoon, which he taped to his nose. A newspaper photo taken as he neared the summit shows. That's cheating, but okay, we'll give it to him. Yeah, I'm just worried about the the peanut like rolling back down the hill. Like, I think you that's so probably far. a constant problem. <laughs> 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 there is, so I found the original article yes. uh, from. Oh well, this is I found the original article. It was published in an NPR article from 2016 called "Meet the Man Who Pushed a Peanut Up Pike's Peak with His Nose." It's a black and white photo. It's a very flat. A uh, spoon, a very wide spoon, and it's okay. taped just with one piece of like um, athletic tape across the bridge of his nose. And the peanut is—it's a black and white photo of him on his hands and knees. And this is like there's boulders and giant yeah. rocks this around. Is it's so insane. The peanut is there. Peanut is shell is in in a shell, so well, that does—it's not a loose peanut. <laughs> it is a shelled <laughs> peanut. Uh, and he, and then the th- it says Pike's Peak Peanut Pusher. This is from 1961. Ulysses L. Baxter, a rock and roller from Oklahoma helpful. City, nears the end of his 11-mile peanut-pushing journey. 11 Jeez. miles. Yeah, and it's so... very helpful visual, though, to know that the peanut is in a shell. Because I yes. was like, what if you, yes. like, accidentally eat it? Yes. <laughs> right. Or squirrel comes at you. have to wait to shit it out yeah. and continue rolling. <laughs> yeah, you better not stop. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Because also, Scotty and I, this we've talked on the podcast about it in the past, but we met talking about how we both would like to take a um, a Pullman cart and 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 drive it across country. Yes, I still um, would. And still would. But I think a Pullman cart across country is as equally exhausting. Yeah. Cool. Horrific, yeah. As no, going up cooler, Pikes though. Peak. Is Thank it? It's way cooler. Oh, my God. It's Thank way you, cooler. Way cooler, though. Well, it is. you've got, like, really something people could take a picture with. They could maybe enjoy it. Also, there's only one peanut. What are you yeah. going to do with it at the it's end, such, you know? It's oh, a very so selfish endeavor. It gets put in a um, museum. The pe- the three wow. peanuts have been in a museum. Or well, the that two I would before. like to see, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that peanut? Yeah, that's <laughs> worth a road trip. It doesn't take much to get me in my car. It's in Manitou Springs. <laughs> oh, go. my gosh. You gotta wow. love like a roadside attraction. We you know, love them. It really is. It really is the best. Like south of the border, if you have love to drive it. to Florida, it's the best. So fun. So dangerous. So fun. For some reason, south of the border bumper stickers in New Jersey, where I grew up, were like considered the coolest thing mm-hmm. to have, and I never understood that. It was like, why do we have? Why does everyone have this bumper sticker from a place in like South Carolina? And, like it never made any sense to me. And I yeah. thought that was, the border is just the border between North Carolina and South Carolina. <laughs> it was like everybody's dad's favorite thing, right? Like I lived in Connecticut. So like if we were driving to Disney or something and we did yeah. drive, we did, yes. I don't people yep. take their children on planes now. We didn't have that in the 80s. Not me. We'd be driving the Cutlass Supreme down to Florida, right? And wow. they would always stop. It's south of the border. And you would think it was the biggest deal in the world. And I actually thought I was in Mexico, but I wasn't. And we weren't even halfway there at that point. I'd That's be like, right. oh my God, dad, you went too far. And he would pretend like he went too far and like we weren't going to go to Disney. It's very traumatic. Uh, yeah. For <laughs> our really international funny. listeners, uh, south of the border is a gas, it's a truck a gas stop station. gas station with restaurants. It has rides like Ferris wheels, yeah. uh, carousels, but they also sell lots of weird stuff like they'll sell moccasins or like deer hides or dream catchers. They sell fireworks. They sell alcohol. They sell pop guns. They sell all these things that when you're on a big East Coast 
on I-95 a road trip, you stop, and everybody, they got something for everybody. Meemaw's in there eating an ice cream sundae. It's just like Peepaw's at the light gun shooting gallery. It's just fun. And, and uh, Scotty and Park. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scotty and I actually wrote a, a TV show for, uh, for yeah. Adult Swim called Last Exit that was based on south of the border but uh, mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic south of the border and yep. uh, never and went said, anywhere no thank you no thank you adults now would be a good time to bring that back because if you've been to south of the border recently it is not the 1980s version that we remember it is oh. it is very post-apocalyptic oh it is it's, it's run down coat of paint yeah. <laughs> big tp big t-rex yeah it looks old yeah. it, it's seen better days i love that so, wait, was this guy doing it for charity or were just doing it to break the record? He did it to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the town. Oh, wow. Well, um, he's, okay. he, he goes, he starts in July. He starts July 8th. So, uh, it's coming up. So, it, well, I don't know when this episode comes out, but probably close to July 8th. Probably. And anybody yeah. listening, if you want to do something equally grueling and horrifying, we're doing our banana splitty in the city on yes. July 23rd, which is V. We are doing a downhill 1K run from one bar to another bar. All proceeds go to the LA Food Bank, which, and we've already sold, we've, we're doing great, actually. We're, we've exceeded what I thought we were going to sell. Yes. But even if you can't run, and if you can, come dressed as a banana or something we've talked about on the podcast or whatever the hell you want. Just come dressed up in a silly way. $25 for tickets. If you can't come, but you still want to donate, just buy a ticket. It's okay. We really appreciate it. 100% goes to the LA Food Bank. And then Curdy B and I are going to do. Alive Bananas with Cristela Alonzo at the Virgil. It's going to be awesome. Come on out. That's July 23rd, folks, at 4 p.m. You don't have to get up early. You don't even have to get up at all. We'll push you if you have a bed on wheels. You don't have to run either. I will not be running. My kids Girl. will be there on my, uh, it'll be a big banana with a tiny banana on his shoulders. Yep. I will have to definitely consider this because I have an awful lot of banana clothing. Oh, every please. Thursday. I, I have a ton of banana-themed stuff. Every Thursday, I do banana shirt, good news only, where I put on a banana shirt, and Would I do love just to have good you. news nice. the desk. So I feel like, uh, you know, these these shirts have to get out from under the desk, and like this could be their transitional moment to like we, be seen yeah. in the world. Bring we em. have bibs, so you could take that that TikTok Perfect. video, that Instagram post, and you'd be like, I ran a marathon, 1K downhill, 4 p.m. Um, <laughs> I'd love to have you. You're very invited. Uh, you want one more, Curdy B? Yes, please. Well, I'm going to tie so many things we've talked about together with this oh, one. Oh, I like that. Um, James Matheson sent this in. This is on luxurylaunches.com. Luxury launches. Oh, luxurylaunches.com. You know, could it be? Could it be rocket ships? Could it be? Could it be boats? Could it be? What else is a launch? Is it like a front yard thing? What's a luxury launch? I was focused on the luxury part. I'm like, you fellas got a very ritzy audience, very <laughs> upper echelon, reading luxury launch. Yes, they are. They are real hoity-toity. Do people still say that? That used to be a thing. Hoity-toity? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hoity-toity. Um, this was written by Deepa Thakral. Thank you, Deepa Thakral, for being the most luxurious, best in the biz. The world's most expensive bath at Hotel oh. Victor, $11,000. What? What? That Kurt's children are taking? Is this That's the, right. Back? <laughs> I had to go find this one from a little ways back. My bath cost $35 for the, for the, uh, for the, for the candle, and that's it. Yes. 
Talk about Miami mocktail. This soak, it doesn't start that way. That would be <laughs> but it is in Miami. This soak is strictly for those who can afford not only to read about the most ex- expensive stuff, but indulge in some too. Earlier, we have mentioned the limited edition and pricey edible water made by Evian. Don't know. That's a crazy sentence. What? Edible water? It's It's what it says. Water is edible? What? I don't know. But that was for guzzling down to quench your thirst. This time, it's a dip in about 1,000 liters of Evian natural spring water that sums up the most expensive bath in the world. The folks at Hotel Victor have brought to our notice that the $5,000 a pop... um, Hold on. This is written so insane. Um, exclu- okay. Let me just start with actually, I'm going to read what they wrote. Okay. I'm just going to read word for word what were folks at Hotel Victor have bought to our notice that up to $5,000 a pop and available exclusively in the $6,000 per night penthouse suite in the hip, <laughs> this is all what's at this, of the hip Miami Beach Hotel Victor. Victor the Evian experience is the world's most expensive bath for a total of $11,000. So, $5,000 for the bath, 6000 for the penthouse is what the takeaway from that insane sentence it's, and it's was. And it's just Evian water? Is that the whole thing? Well, Kurt, great lead in. This package also takes care of your appetite for luxurious foods, <laughs> as well as customized spa services. Um... Uh, a 350 gallon infinity edge tub with over 1,000 liters of Evian natural spring water so will, re- will revitalize your skin and purify the senses. No, it will not. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Uh, adding more vibrance and oomph, color- <laughs> colorful Gerber daisies drift on the water. <laughs> <laughs> this is unhinged. I feel like a hundred bucks and a Costco membership. I could do this. I yes. could do this myself. Yeah. I love that. You're so right. Oh, colorful Gerber daisies drift in the water <laughs> while illuminating candles bring a renewed sense of self. Oh, this is <laughs> while your bath is being drawn to your ideal temperature, the spa V team uh, entices you with a blissful selection of spa treatments massages, facials, etc. Hotel Victor chef Vincent Murakow enhances the treatments with culinary creations. And, and think about soaking in a nice hot bath of your perfect temperature. Don't these <laughs> culinary creations just sound like the thing you want? Smoked salmon lollipops. <laughs> oh my God. Potted crew of foie gras. <laughs> No, oh. and the signature hotel sweet platter, the seven sins of chocolate. Okay. This is unhinged. This is so 1990s catering. I am absolutely here for it. I don't care about who is buying the bath. I need an interview with the people who have to draw this bath and serve these people. Nightmare. I need to know what your night is like. My God. When you're Can in a you hot imagine? bath, no. smoked hot salmon bath. lollipops, foie gras, oh, and seven sins of chocolate. That is because no. when you're sweating a little bit, when you're sweating and your cheeks are 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 are, are red and 
par- and you're parched, nothing goes down nicer. Mm. A little bit of foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> Just the salt content in that. No, but I need to know like what mental space the staff has to put themselves in to be like, yeah. okay, we got an eleven thousand dollar bath tonight. Oh like, how God. much giggling are they doing before they're doing? <laughs> yes, and what is the markup? I mean, three hundred and fifty gallons of Evian. I guess we could figure out the math somehow. But this just seems so excessive. In the it does. It feels like. It feels like 90s. It feels like pre-financial crash of 2008. Like, this is just excess. And of course, it's Miami. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is Boomer. This is Boomer written all over it. (laughs) When I'm in a giant bathtub, I don't want any of these things. Give me a rocket pop. Give me a flavor ice. Give me a frozen margarita. It would be delicious. Nope. This is boomers soaking in the $11,000 tub, wondering why their children don't call them as they squander <laughs> their generational wealth on Evian baths. Yes. <laughs> just sharing it with their broken marriage and wondering what they're going to do with their kids. There's not going to be retirement money left over because we're no. taking the world's most. It's just to say you've done that. That's just to say. I don't even care. I would do it. I w- would you guys do it? I would do it. Here's what how I would do it. I would do it and end my life in it. So that I could it could so it couldn't get paid for. There you yes. go. That's the only way. That's the, the only, only way. way to just drown yourself in the Evian <laughs> with some foie gras. So yeah. then it's just like, oh no, well, we don't get eleven thousand dollars for the bath. And just like the Saturday Night Live after parties, they will look to the staff and say, Well, who's gonna pay for this? He checked out. I also how long do people take baths? Like I really I'm pretty tall, Kurt's also very tall also kurt has a giant hot tub behind his house that you can fit like six people in but how many times have we done that three socially mm-hmm. yeah the like, reason it's like i wish i was doing more often but it's like off of my bedroom so in order oh. for like to have people over it's like everyone's like come on through my bedroom Do you know it's just like a yes. weird kind of it's like, i wish it was in a different area yeah um, very swingery yeah people are gonna get ideas <laughs> but yeah uh, how long do you take a bath time? Like like twenty minutes? Maybe? Yeah. I mean that's the thing. Like how long could they yeah. be in there for? That's the thing. It's and like, is their staff still there? Like, do you do this bath with your clothes on? Do they give you like a special robe? Do you do it straight nudie? Like Yeah. I guess they probably I would hope for eleven K. Yeah, somebody Someone has to watch. I want a that's lifeguard why it costs with so binoculars. Much. So much. <laughs> we got there. It's it has nothing to do with the water or the salmon lollipop. It's all to do with the kink. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we pay a gentleman to watch you bathe as well. Yes. <laughs> that's in small writing at the yep. bottom. Oh, boy, oh, that's man. pretty horrifying. That is V. Pretty- Thank you so much for being on Bananas. Do, plug, plug, plug away. Anything, anything you'd like to tell us about. Yeah, about anything. So you, you can follow me on Under the Desk News on TikTok and Instagram. I'm Vita Spear on Twitter because, of course, we have to keep our journalistic integrity. That's where I save it for Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and check out the podcast, V Interesting, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, it's been really fun to make, and we get to talk to some really cool people about uh, things that make us feel better. So, V interesting, like Valentine. V is in Vicky. Got it. V is in Vitus. V is in Vitus. (laughs) Thanks for being on Bananas, Vitus. Thanks for having me, guys. It was truly such a such a treat. I almost said such a banana. (laughs) Such a banana works. Bananas are treats. Bananas. Bananas.
Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.